1: And you're on right now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo 5-0 Radio Network. Coming to you from the shores of the Treasure Coast and bringing you the news behind the news, the story behind the story. Here to convince you that reality is usually scoffed at and conventional wisdom is often just an illusion. We're streaming live on iHeartRadio and available as a podcast on iTunes, TuneIn, Spreaker, Spotify, and all your favorite directories. And you can follow me on Twitter at Jim Dawes, Or you can contact me directly at RightNowJimDawes at gmail.com. Or call the vent line and raise hell at 772-245-0750. That's 772-245-0750. Well, happy Memorial Day. Uh, today's the day we honor the men and women who gave their lives in the service of this country. The wars in recent years uh, haven't really necessarily been in the national interest, but it doesn't diminish the sacrifice that these uh, soldiers, sailors, airmen, Marines, and Coast Guard um, service members have made. And, uh, I was kind of wondering whether I ought to do a show today. I had to take Friday off. Uh, I, I, as I've told you a couple of times, I'm, I'm trying to prepare a rental property and, uh, we're replacing the floor. So I got a, I got an estimate and it included a, a pretty big number for taking up and removing the old flooring. Well, I thought, hell, I can do that. I'll just run over there and, uh, and rip that floor up and scrape it. Uh, and be back in time to do the show well <laughs> i was wrong i think i should have paid him i i was uh i was scraping that floor all week all weekend um i've taken floors up before but they've always been real good quality uh linoleum floors and this was not that this was some builder grade something that uh, the paper came off the back uh with the glue and you had to scrape it all up and it was uh it was brutal it was brutal so i was uh i was debating on whether or not to do a show today i took an online poll and uh from 60 to 40 percent uh people thought that i had to just take a day off from politics and let everybody enjoy their weekend but that meant meant that 40 percent of the listeners uh, thought i ought to do a show and so that's what i will do and uh if you if you don't get this show um you know, on Monday, if you're taking a break from politics, then then you can uh, listen to the uh, the re- repeat and uh, have it for a bonus show uh, later in the week. So I want to start today uh, by honoring uh, the fallen uh, Memorial Day, and uh, I found a a short speech by General Miley, the Army General, that uh, uh, Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, who does such a great job, and we'll start. With this.
2: Memorial Day, we pause to honor the more than one million Americans who made the ultimate sacrifice since the founding of our nation. We remember their courage, we remember their selfless service, and we remember how they lived. As we mark the 75th anniversary of the end of the Second World War, we're especially mindful of the more than 400,000 Americans who gave their last full measure of devotion to ensure that this republic for which we stand shall never perish from the earth. Since then, over 100,000 more brave Americans gave their lives across the hills of Korea, in the jungles of Vietnam, in the sands of the Middle East. Over a million and a half sustained physical wounds, and even more carry the invisible wounds of war. Today, we honor the extraordinary sacrifice of not only these service members, but also their families, especially our Gold Star families. Each individual loss brings untold grief. Each loss is a hope never realized. Each loss is a dream never reached. Every one was a son or a daughter, a husband or a wife, a mother or a father. Each is a gaping hole of grief that can never be adequately filled. For the families of the fallen, we are here to remember that for them, every day is Memorial Day. So today, We collectively renew our vow to always remember the soldiers, sailors, airmen, marines, and Coast Guardsmen that paid in blood for the freedoms that we all enjoy every day. On behalf of the Joint Chiefs of Staff and all of our servicemen and women, thank you. Thank each of you for remembering.
1: Well said, General Miley. He always does a good job. He uh, he is uh, one of the most outstanding chairs of the joint chiefs uh that uh, i can remember so uh on friday we had a uh, fully packed show ready um it was chock full of news uh everybody sort of stepped away from the um the rough and tumble in dc and uh and in in all culture but uh i'm going to catch up on friday's news and I, i mean that as no disrespect for memorial day but uh uh, this life does go on, and we need to continue uh, to uh, to make sure that we keep up with what's going on and uh the The most uh, upsetting story, obviously from last week was uh, the story out of Detroit at that nursing home where a seventy seven year old uh, feeble army vet he would have served probably in korea and and possibly Vietnam as well was beaten viciously viciously by a 20 year old man who never should have been in that nursing home to begin with the uh, the young man had been training boxing and apparently he uh, sadistic coward that he is obviously likes to practice his boxing on elderly men uh, he he was in fact also captured assault a uh, and he videoed this himself, assaulting a um, a woman, a resident, a frail elderly woman of that nursing home as well, 20 years old. And uh, he, he was black and his victims were white. And if uh, it had been the other way around, it would have led the evening news on all of the networks and uh, been played on a loop. On CNN and MSNBC it would have been front page news on the New York Times and the Washington Post they would have broke out the wood the big type and they would have been playing this video over and over it, it only cracked the video only cracked um, cable or network TV one time on Tucker Carlson show when he showed a abbreviated version of it what was particularly brutal and vicious about this attack is it just went on and on he must have rained down 50 blows on that 77-year-old nursing home patient. And, you know, I've wondered for a long time if uh, Democrats weren't purposely sending infected Wuhan virus patient to these nursing homes. We knew early on in this catastrophe that that was the most vulnerable of our population. and And about half of the deaths from this virus have occurred in nursing homes. And I've been reluctant to say that because if you did that, you would truly be evil. And I believe that the Democrats are evil. And, uh, you know, you try to come up with you know, why would you do that? After all we know, you could ask most people on the street, whether that was a good idea. And they would have say, obviously not. And yet the governors of New York, New Jersey, Illinois, Connecticut, in Massachusetts and Michigan now we we are learning all did this and this 20-year-old patient had been sent to this nursing home from a mental health facility because he had coronavirus so apparently there was a a policy in place that if you had COVID-19, you would be sent to a nursing home, even if you are not, you know, a candidate for a nursing home really blows your mind. So I've got a clip, uh, from a, a local TV station there in Detroit talking about this revelation that in fact, this 20 year old sadistic coward was sent to the nursing home Because he was COVID positive. Come on, clip. Well, sorry about that. Here it is.
3: Lewis, we do have
0: new
4: information on the beating of a senior citizen in a nursing home. The father of the suspect says his son was moved to that nursing home recently because he was diagnosed with COVID-19.
5: Action News reporter Kimberly Craig on Detroit's West Side with what he has to say, as well as the victim's family.
6: I talked to relatives of the victim and they say they are horrified by the video and they're still trying to process all of this. I also talked to the suspect's father and he did not want to use his name, but he says his son has mental health issues and a pending assault case out of Washtenaw County. And he says his son never should have been brought here.
5: He has issues, and for them to put him in a
6: facility like that... uh eventually, you know, nothing good was going to happen. He's the father of the 20-year-old man accused of assaulting a 75-year-old Army veteran. Video of the beating went viral and even drew the attention of President Trump, who tweeted about it, asking, can this be for real? The suspect's father says his son was recently moved here to the Westwood Nursing Center because he was diagnosed with COVID-19. And he never should have been put in that environment. The suspect's father says his son was originally at a group home in Chelsea through Washington. County Mental Health Services, but then his son started hearing voices and was moved to U of M Hospital. There at U of M Hospital, he was, uh, he was there because of his mental state. That part was not addressed. but while he was there, they did diagnose him with COVID-19. The suspect's father said because his son was diagnosed with COVID-19, he was brought here to Westwood Nursing Center to quarantine while he recovered.
5: He never should have been house uh, or quarantine with the victim and and, and that, you know, that, that he eventually saw it. That should have never happened.
6: This assault reportedly took place last week, Friday. So did the nursing home even call Detroit police then to investigate an assault on one of their patients? Every time I call the nursing home, I'm told no one is available to talk to me. We will certainly keep you updated. In Detroit, Kimberly Craig, 7
1: Action News. So the nursing home was unavailable to comment. The man was 77 years old, and in addition to this beating that uh, that the sadistic coward posted on bit shoot the video. He also stole the old man's credit cards, but the real mind boggling thing here is apparently the, the policy in Michigan is that you, when somebody tests positive, you send them to the nursing home where the elderly are housed now the media has totally ignored this story. It's it's not been covered on New York Times to the Washington Post or any of the networks or CNN or MSNBC. It doesn't fit their narrative. And they were not going to tell a story with with a video of a young 20-year-old black man beating an elderly frail 77-year-old white man. But if the colors were reversed they would be showing this morning noon and night it would be on a loop but they would never play this tape and let people see the true nature of racial crime in this country at facebook and twitter they're they're busy trying to pull down as many of these posts as they can but users have have copied the post and they they're reposting them as quickly as they post them uh facebook and twitter pulls them down but the real issue here is the silence from the governess, Gretchen Whitmer. She has been totally silent, hasn't, hasn't made a statement on this atrocity. The attorney general, the unhinged attorney general, hasn't made a statement either. Both of them, Gretchen and the attorney general, are too busy condemning Donald Trump for not wearing a mask when he visited the Ford factory in Detroit. Here is the, uh, the, the Michigan attorney general after, after this assault took place, freaking out over Donald Trump, not wearing a mask.
4: If we've learned nothing over the last several years of, um, president Trump in the white house is that he doesn't have the same level of legal accountability, uh, as everybody else. Um, but
1: now, what is that supposed to mean? There's not been an American president in history that's been so thoroughly investigated and drugged through the legal system as Donald Trump. But I digress.
4: Honestly, if he fails to wear a mask, he's going to be asked not to return to any enclosed facilities inside our state. And uh, I know that Ford has asked him to do this.
1: So apparently Gretchen Whitmer thinks that uh, she has the authority to tell the president of the United States not to come to Michigan I mean, this is how unhinged this woman is, how drunk on her own power. She thinks she can instruct anybody, including the president of the United States, that they're not welcome in Michigan.
4: Same thing, but if he, if we know that he's coming to our state and we know he's not going to follow the law, I think we're going to have to take action against any company or any facility that allows him inside those facilities and puts our workers at risk. We just simply can't afford it here in our state. If President Trump doesn't care about his own health, doesn't care about the health and the safety of people who work in those facilities, at least care about the economic situation of.
1: Well, the attorney general there, her name is Dana Nestle. She's uh, she's too busy condemning the president of the United States for not wearing a mask when everybody else there was wearing a mask. So, you know, if they've got a mask on, there's not not a reason for him to not have to wear a mask as well. But it's just, you know, if you were wondering why these governors were sending infected patients into nursing homes, you now know that's not an accident. It's a policy. And we also need to know why this nursing home never reported this. They claimed not to know. The video didn't surface until a week after the assault, and they never reported it. They said they didn't know. But it's obvious that this old man and this old woman took such a beating that there would have been physical evidence. So they would have had to ignore it or cover it up. So the media will uh, ignore this. They'll stay silent for a couple of days, and then they'll go right back to obsessing over this case out of Brunswick, Georgia, where some, uh, uh, residents of a neighborhood that had been subject to, uh, burglaries tried to, uh, to, um, stop and follow a young man who had been captured on videotape during these, uh, these larcenies and, uh, and he attacked one of them that happened to uh, be carrying a shotgun, tried to wrestle the shotgun away from him, grabbed it by the muzzle and shot himself trying to jerk it away from, uh, Travis McMichael that was holding the weapon. They'll be right back on that. They won't, by the way, cover at all uh, the recent murders of two elderly uh, man and wife in their eighties that were shot dead in a cemetery while visiting the grave of their son in Brunswick, Georgia. They've uh, they've also arrested the man who videotaped uh, the the uh, the killing of Aubrey um Amon Aubrey and charged him with murder. Now there's no case for murder against this guy, but they're gonna charge him with murder so that they can try to get him to compose testimony against the McMichaels because this is uh this is a politically racially motivated prosecution. It will end just like the Trayvon Martin case ended as obvious self defense we got to run out to a break stick with this one we'll be we'll be right back and we'll look at joe biden's latest racial gaffe right after these messages
3: as you make plans this season consider convenient covid-19 testing from quest get the same test hospitals use without a doctor visit
1: So we're going to get to Joe Biden's racial gaffe on his uh, his appearance on the uh, Charlemagne the Gods morning show. What an arrogant title that is. Uh, we'll get to that at the uh, bottom of the hour, but I want to talk a little bit about the latest celebrity buffoonery, <laughs> Alyssa Milano, who can always be counted on uh, to, you know, be engaged in celebrity buffoonery has uh, taken to Twitter and she's showing off her new mask that she made herself. She crocheted it. It is a crocheted mask. And she's encouraging everyone to wear masks while sporting her loosely woven crocheted mask. It's sort of like uh, trying to put up a mosquito fence at a chain link. (laughs) <laughs> these people are so stupid sometimes it makes your head hurt but um if you want to tell Alyssa Milano, you know what you think about her her crocheted mask you can contact her directly she's she's uh on twitter giving out her uh text message and calling for text messages so you know i'm i'm going to text message her that uh her her mask is totally worthless. And uh, if you would like to send Alyssa Milano a, a, a text on this topic or maybe her her unhinged and irrational um, gun-grabbing efforts, you can do so. Here is Alyssa herself giving out her text message number.
3: Hey, everyone. It's me. I hope you're hanging in there. Um, I know this is a super hard time, and we are all feeling like the uncertainty. Um, but I wanted to let you know that I've joined community um, so that I could share my number with you, and maybe we can text each other. Oh yeah. Maybe we. Can oh yeah. Like a little less alone during all this chaos. So
1: I'm going to reach out though. You Al- can text Alyssa me
3: at three two three. 396
1: What's that number again?
3: You can text me at 323-396-9923. Uh,
1: uh, one more time.
3: You can text me at 323-396-9923.
1: Oh yeah. Okay. I'll be doing that. On the topics of masks, Sheila Jackson Lee appeared on Fox News with Brett bear. And, uh, she was there to, to, uh, attack Donald Trump. I can't remember what the topic was, but you know, it was one of her unhinged rants. So she starts out the interview and she's, she's sitting at her desk in her house when the camera cuts to her and she's wearing a mask too in her house. I guess we're supposed to believe she wears it all the time. But as soon as the interview started, she removes her mask and, uh, and says that she was just wearing it to remind the viewers to wear a mask. This mask issue is absurd. If you want to wear a mask to protect yourself, if you think that'll do it, you're more than free to wear a mask, but for the people who don't want to wear a mask either because they're willing to take the risk or they've all already had the virus. They are not a danger to you. If you think a mask will work, for God's sakes, wear the mask. And stop haranguing everybody else who thinks that uh, they're perfectly safe without it as long as they maintain some distance or they already had the virus. Celebrity buffoonery on parade. They're all taken to Twitter and their social platforms telling us to wear masks. Everybody's Antifa now, I guess. We've got to run out to a break. Like I said, when we come back from these messages, we'll get to the latest racial gaffe by Joe Biden. Right after these messages on Right Now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo Five Zero Radio Network. Back on right now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo 50 Radio Network. Your daily journal of news, politics, and culture from an American nationalist perspective. You know, no news story has bothered me more than this nursing home assault out of Detroit that I can remember. I couldn't sleep Thursday night thinking of those images, and they are disturbing kind of understandable that uh the networks would be reluctant to cover it but i guarantee you if the colors were reversed this thing would have been non-stop for weeks we would have
5: now is the chance to use reliable energy to grow your money with the dominion energy reliability investment our new investment product offers competitive returns no maintenance fees and flexible online access to your money Make the reliable investment in reliable energy. The Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. To find out more, go online to reliabilityinvestment.com. That's reliabilityinvestment.com.
3: This episode is
0: sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwans.com backslash yum for details.
1: I had special reports and panels and because it doesn't fit the, the media's narrative on the nature of racial crime in this country. They, uh, they have pushed it down the memory hole. But the real maddening thing is we're now learning that it's not just a Democrat governor's policy to not keep COVID-infected patients out of nursing home. It's actually their policy to send them to nursing homes. This 20-year-old sadistic coward, I would love to get my hands on this guy was not a candidate for a nursing home. They sent him there because he had the virus. He was already in a uh, a care facility, but because he had the virus, they sent him to a nursing home that was populated by elderly people. I don't know if they're trying to kill as many elderly white people as they can to Change the census, you know, so that they can uh, prepare for redistricting or if they're afraid of their votes or what. But um, we know now it is a purposeful policy. And uh, Governess Gretchen, the Michigan governor, has not made a statement on this. If you look on the internet, all of the coverage has been from local TV stations but they do have a, a a wiki page up no no not for the the situation in detroit but for this this um fake murder in brunswick georgia where a, a guy was trying to retain his firearm while the victim was trying to to take it off of him and uh, the victim grabbing the shotgun by the muzzle and pulling it toward himself in a jerking motion ended up shooting himself Amund Arbery, and they've arrested a guy who had the misfortune of, uh, of videotaping the uh, incident, said he was chasing Arbery. He was monitoring him from a distance. So let's talk about the latest racial gaffe of Joe Biden. He was appearing with Charlemagne the God, the most arrogant title I think I've ever heard. Charlemagne, how's that for some... Cultural appropriation. Of course, Charlemagne was uh, united um, Europe uh, back in the 8th century during the Middle Ages, united the majority of Western and Central Europe, saved European civilization. So he appropriates Charlemagne's name, and then he calls himself the God with a capital G. charlemagne that god my ass but joe biden's on there pandering you know doing his uh, his his racial thing where he always adopts this southern accent to talk to black people and toward the end of the interview he uh, he said he was running long and he had to get off and so he he got in one final um statement for his audience and here is what he said
5: I tell it, if you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump and you ain't black, I tell it, if you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump and you ain't black.
1: So Joe Biden is now making the decision on whether or not you am or am not black. <laughs> that did not go over. Well, there's nothing you can do to make blacks more angry than question. their their true blackness. Why? Because it's their power It's based, you know, the, the Democrat constituency, their power is based on uh, their victimhood. And they've got a special place where they in the Democrat party where, you know, they're set aside and put on a pedestal and, uh, and celebrated to be, you know, more moral and more deserving than everybody else. You don't. You don't believe me. You don't think that's true. Why do you have these uh, these whites running around pretending to be black? Because it comes with a lot of power and privilege. White privilege, my butt. If you're black, you can you can get away with crime. You can scream racism at the drop of a hat, and you can uh, you can don that mantle of victimhood and, and get special privileges. Look at Sean King pretending to be a black civil rights leader he's whiter than I am. You can see uh, photographs online of his parents, both of them as white as they can be. And you can see his transformation into a pretend black civil rights leader. Remember Rachel Dolezal, <laughs> the blonde haired blue eyed girl who dyed her hair and put in uh, dark contact lenses. And became the, um, I think it was Spokane, Washington head of the NAACP, pretending to be black. But Joe Biden really stepped in. it, And this is not the first time Joe Biden has, uh, has made a fool of himself on racial issues. As a matter of fact, he's got a long history of it. I'll just play you a few of them.
5: If you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump, and you ain't black. It is racist. Poor kids are just as bright and just as talented as white kids. Racist.
2: They're going to put you all back in chains. Racist. Biden sought and received support from Mississippi Senator James Eastland, the Democratic chairman of the Judiciary Committee. He frequently spoke of blacks as, quote, an inferior race. It is racist. And you ain't black.
1: The Democratic Party has been playing racial politics since the very founding of the Democrat Party. First, they were pro-slavery and pro-segregation and pro-Jim Crow. And then uh, when they, that position was untenable any longer, they decided that they were going to turn around and buy the black vote with government money. That was their new um, strategy. And they think they own the black vote and by and large, they do blacks vote in a block sometimes as much as 90%. If you can find any group that all agree on something 90% of the time, then that's racial politics. That's racial politics as played by the Democrat party. And no matter what the Democrats do, and pandering to blacks and trapping them in public housing and destroying the black, black family. They continue to get 80, 90% of the vote because the blacks, I mean the, uh, the Democrats never say no to anything. They will, they will promise you the sky and the moon. And if they can uh, uh, segregate you and uh, divide you up based on your race, your gender or your sexual orientation or your religion or anything else that's their their model for electoral victory they assemble a coalition of aggrieved groups and they pander to them and it wasn't that long ago that joe biden was fashioning himself to be um you know a southern democrat he was all in on the crime bill back in the 90s that uh that locked a major portion of the black population in jail for relatively minor crimes for long prison terms. And here is a sort of a long clip. This is about two minutes of Joe Biden on the floor of the U.S. Senate arguing his beliefs on this crime bill.
5: We must make the streets safer. I don't care why someone is a malfactor in society. I don't care why someone is antisocial i don't care why they become a sociopath we have an obligation to cordon them off from the rest of society try to help them try to change the behavior that's why we do in this bill we have drug treatment and we have other treatments to try to deal with it but they are in jail away from my mother
1: i actually agree with joe biden's sentiment back then i don't care how you became a a violent criminal? I, I mean, I do from a from a sociological point of view, but uh, you have to be. Once you become that way, you have to be uh, segregated from the rest of the law abiding society. Joe Biden is not sticking with that position, of course. Now he's saying that uh, nobody should be in jail for any drug crime, including importation and distribution of these drugs that are destroying. Neighborhoods across this country, including and especially black neighborhoods. Back to this clip.
5: Your husband, our families. But we would be being we would be absolutely stupid as a society if we didn't recognize the condition that nurtured those folks still exist. And we must deal with that. And I think there's a consensus among Republicans in that.
1: Well, the conditions that exist have largely been created by the Democrat Party with government giveaways and uh, and programs that sap the self-reliance of the black community and destroy the black family. But that's Joe Biden today. (laughs) The Trump campaign jumped on this issue with both feet. The Trump campaign has has, uh, done a lot for blacks. Had the lowest black unemployment rate in the history of this country has uh, reversed a lot of the most, most um, unjust provisions of Bill Clinton and Joe Biden's crime law. Here is, uh, here is Biden's latest take on this controversy. Let's see if I can get this up.
5: I'm prepared to say that I have a record of over 40 years
1: And that I'm going to beat Joe Biden. Did he say I'm going to beat Joe Biden or I'm going to be Joe Biden? I'm prepared to say that I have a record of over 40 years and that I'm going to beat Joe Biden. I'm going to beat Joe Biden. Joe Biden's going to beat Joe Biden. (laughs) I don't know how he's going to do it. He's still locked down in his basement. He, He did wander out today memorial day to uh to lay a wreath he was wearing a, a mask he and his wife jill but this is the first time in over two months that he's ventured forth from his basement and i said on thursday show you know you got these old guys just all the, the lows in the home depot were full of them working there picking up supplies as contractors. They're all over the place. Joe Biden has been afraid to venture out of his basement to make a speech surrounded by a phalanx of social, uh, uh, secret service agents. I don't know if he's afraid to get out of his basement or if he's afraid to make a speech because it really hasn't gone very well for him. You know, in these controlled zoom and Skype calls, Nearly every appearance, every, with with very few exceptions, he makes some crazy gaffe, and this latest one, "You Ain't Black," has got the uh, the Trump people all over. Let me see if I can find this this clip. Um, the Trump campaign was out uh, with a response million
3: dollar ad. Bl-
1: Here we go. This is uh, actually a, a coverage on. St- CBSN, where they've got a, uh, a light-skinned black woman, uh, you know, decrying that the Trump campaign is making hay of this.
0: Hours, they have these t-shirts, you ain't black, that were on sale at the president's online store. The campaign's confirmed a million-dollar ad blitz against the former vice president. Ads have already begun circulating online within hours later. How does the Biden camp? combat these kind of aggressive moves, particularly online
4: by the Trump campaign.
6: It's so interesting. The two models that you show showing those, uh, those shirts, I wonder if they'd actually vote for, for Donald Trump. That might be a good question for an industrious uh, journalist to go.
1: Uh, maybe, maybe, maybe the models won't even vote for Donald Trump. Well, I can tell you, you can't combat it. You can't counteract it. It's the candidate's own words. He exposed the mindset of the Democrat party that they own black people and they own their votes. Biden's up on Twitter saying, make no mistake. I believe our best day is lie ahead. We can and will transform this nation together. Why does he keep talking about transforming the nation? That's the Marxist Barack Obama's language. What does he want to transform it to? He never says. If you loved America, if you believed in the Constitution, if you believed in the founding principles of liberty and free enterprise and and limited government, why would you keep talking like Joe Biden does about transforming America? I guess he's pandering to the Bernie bros who want to bring in socialism and Marxism. Many of them are actual self-declared communists. But he never tells us what he wants to transform it into. Joe Biden's latest uh, little uh, issue is he refuses to release the donors list for his charity. And I can tell you what that's all about is because uh, there will be big dollars in those charities from communist China. That he has been carrying water for for the last 20 years. Stick with us. We'll be right back after this message.
4: If you have thyroid eye disease and the bags under your eyes are looking more like purses, it might be time to discover another treatment option. To learn more, visit TreatMyTed.com. That's TreatMyTed.com.
1: Well, last Thursday evening, of course, uh, I was away from the microphone on Friday trying to get this rental house ready. But uh, last Thursday evening, the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals issued what a lot of people are uh, surprised about an order ordering Judge Emmett Sullivan in the uh, Michael Flynn case to appear before the court and argue against this uh, writ of mandamus that Sidney Powell has filed in the case ordering Michael Flynn to do his job and also to recuse himself from this case because of his, his uh, biased statements in the past. But this is, um, I, I don't want to say it's unprecedented, but it really is highly unusual for a circuit court of appeals to call on a district court judge to come and defend himself and his actions in his courtroom. And, uh, and it tells you that Flynn, I mean that, uh, judge Sullivan is out of line in the Flynn case. Uh, he has ordered, um, a, a retired judge to come and argue the case for the department of justice. The department of justice uncovered all of this wrongdoing in the Flynn case, this attempt by Peter Strzok and James Comey to frame General Flynn and they have withdrawn the case but Sullivan doesn't want to let it go yes Flynn has pled guilty but the case isn't adjudicated until Judge Sullivan um, sentences Flynn Judge Sullivan doesn't have a case before him any longer it's been withdrawn by the Department of Justice and so Sullivan has brought in a a special pleader to argue the Department of Justice's case. Totally inappropriate. There are only two parties to a criminal case, the accused and the state. And this, this uh, former judge, who has, by the way, written um, very biased article or uh, op-eds on this in the Washington Post, has no standing in this courtroom whatsoever. And of course, the judge asked for amicus briefs, amicus briefs in the case after he himself had ruled in this case against amicus briefs. I've got a report here from One America News Network on this very topic.
0: Today, I said nothing so far has been typical about the General Michael Flynn case that the latest news is just a continuation of that the judge in the case Emmett Sullivan not signing off on the DOJ dismissal now typically. This is pretty unprecedented. Typically, if the prosecution doesn't want to prosecute, the judge obliges. However, Judge Sullivan announced yesterday that he would soon begin accepting amicus curiae, or friends of the court, briefings in the case of the former national security advisor. But this is interesting because the judge had previously denied such outside briefings when it was to benefit General Flynn, in fact, he denied 24 requests by Flynn's lawyers to provide friends of the court briefings.
1: And here, what Judge Sullivan said about the submission of amicus briefs back when it was being ar- uh, argued or requested by Flynn's side.
0: In support of General Flynn in making that decision at that time, he had written, quote, options exist for a private citizen to express his views about matters of public interest. But the court's docket is not an available option. Now, in fighting back, Flynn's lawyers yesterday filed this uh, this piece saying, quote, the proposed amicus brief has no place in this court and also no further delay should be tolerated or any further expense caused to him in his defense. Now, the judge's decision to accept outside briefings is reportedly prompted by a filing that was put forth by 16 former Watergate prosecutors. How-
1: so what Flynn's doing there is he's he's asking for anybody to make their best case that I can go ahead and sentence Michael Flynn to jail. What he wants to really do is drag this case out, hoping that Joe Biden or another Democrat win and, uh, and put... Uh, prosecutors in to uh, to continue to grind this axe against Michael Flynn, but now the District Court of Appeals has called uh, Flynn to, I mean, to uh, Sullivan to appear and make his argument. Which you would think that a judge who has considered this and has issued an order on it would be able to make his own argument. But no, Sullivan has hired a high-priced D.C. lawyer to come in and argue the case for him. Now, why would he do that? Why wouldn't a judge be able to argue his own legal case if he intends to continue pursuing Michael Flynn? I can tell you why. Because Sullivan doesn't want to go on the record making this absurd, specious legal argument and make a fool of himself any more than he already has. There have been two precedents in the last year saying that what Judge Sullivan is doing is wrong. One is from the District Court of Appeals itself saying that in civil cases you can't take amicus briefs and that, uh, that you can't bring in a, a a party to argue on behalf of the Department of Justice. That would, that, that's basically private prosecutions. And the other of these two cases was a Supreme Court case in which Ruth Bader Ginsburg herself, the most far left-wing Supreme Court justice in the history of the court, wrote the opinion, and it was a nine-to-nothing opinion. Judge Sullivan is making a utter fool of himself. And if you listen to some of the arguments that he's made previously in this case, the ones that uh, he he said that Michael Flynn had uh, betrayed his nation and was a traitor and had the Department of Justice considered treason. If you look at the night before, those were the same arguments made by crazy Rachel Maddow over at MSNBC. So clearly this judge is not a serious judge. He's he's a, a political partisan who's grinding his own own acts. How do you bring in a prosecutor that's not even a party to the case? He's making a buffoon of himself. Here is Robert Ray, a former judge, and I think he was a a Whitewater special prosecutor toward the end of that sorry affair. He's on with Lou Dobbs giving his thoughts on this.
2: It's a reminder of, of how much power district judges really do have, and Americans should be paying attention here. I mean, I think public sw- sentiment here should swing hugely in favor of General Flynn to say enough is enough already, and if the shoe were on the other foot and in, in a Democratic administration – and no judge would be able to get away with some, you know, this nonsense. So, look, it's going to go on for a little while longer. But in the meantime, you know, what we're finding out is what we suspected all along, and that is, this is the shadow government and the deep state at work. And we're starting to learn more about that as we unmask who was behind trying to find out so. uh, General Flynn's identity and, and what they were up to in the in the January period in 2017, leading up to the new administration.
1: I can tell you what's going on is they're, they're trying, I guess Sullivan is trying to give uh, the, the rats time to escape from their sinking ship because uh, you know, this the, the exposure of this rice memo by um, former DNI. He's now um, stepped down as, uh, as, as John Ratcliffe has been confirmed by the Senate as the new Uh, director of national intelligence but when he declassified that rice memo what it basically exposed was a consciousness of guilt she's saying that the white house legal counsel instructed her to write that memo that said that uh, barack obama had insisted that everything be done by the book now this was before all of this came to light and as susan rice was actually stepping out of the white house for the very last time think it was her last 15 minutes there when she wrote this cover your butt memo and what it illustrates quite clearly is that she knew that all of this was going to come to light and that uh, they needed to cover uh cover their chosen one it is a consciousness of guilt and now richard grinnell as his last uh, act at the DNI's office is declassifying the actual call between Michael Flynn and the Russian ambassador Kislyak to show in fact that there was nothing improper or illegal about that call rats from a sinking ship John Durham better hurry up because uh, time is a waste that takes us to the end of this edition right now I want to thank you for joining us and I hope you'll come back here again tomorrow right here on the Mojo 5 Radio Network. We'll talk to you then.
3: As you make plans this season, consider convenient COVID-19 testing from Quest. Get the same test hospitals use without a doctor visit. Simply order online, select from drive through or at-home options, and get the results sent securely to your phone or computer. It's a great fit for your busy life. With over 20 million COVID-19 tests processed, you can count on Quest. So order your test today at questcovid19.com. That's questcovid19.com.
5: When the weather outside is frightful, the Hyundai Santa Fe is, Hmm, what's the word, delightful. Because it's got available H-Track all-wheel drive to make being out together better. Enter for your chance to win the newly redesigned Santa Fe, packed with all the jingle bells and whistles you need to go dashing through the snow together. To enter, visit amazon.com slash hyundai, or scan the QR code on specially marked red and green Amazon boxes. No purchase necessary. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details.